Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota on Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington. Home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com. Hello and welcome to Connecting the Dots. I'm your host, Mark Shea, and we are here today as we are here every time to talk about life, the universe, and everything here on connecting the dots and today i have a special guest uh i wanted to introduce you all to lillian vogel lillian vogel is a catholic and a professional but she is not a professional catholic her professional life has focused on law and lobbying death and taxes uh you could probably tell that she lives close to the beltway (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, with a uh, with a resume like that, uh, you might even expect that she's got horns, but actually she has a deep desire to bring the liberating message of the gospel and the grace of the sacraments to the public square. She blogs about Catholic spirituality and evangelization just for the love of it. What's your blog, Lillian? Uh, beyond All Telling. There you go. See, you can tell she's a Catholic with a title like that. <laughs> and uh, she recently joined the uh, Pathios community, where I also blog. Uh, but more importantly for our discussion today, she is the current chairwoman of the National Committee of the American Solidarity Party. Uh, I'm a fan of the American Solidarity Party because yeah. uh, the American Solidarity Party seems to me to be trying to enact you know, common sense. Uh, and uh, so I want to, I want to have her on today to talk a bit uh, about, uh, about the American Solidarity Party. How did you get involved in it, Lillian? Well, actually, um, before the 2016 election, um, I had, I'd been involved in the Republican Party uh, locally for about 10 years. I was very active, um, but I saw it just over time. It was moving. I was moving more into my, uh, you know, Catholic social teaching mm-hmm. and um, all the appreciation of that. And the Republican Party was moving in the opposite direction. Right. Um, and definitely the uh, the nomination of Donald Trump um, as the candidate in 2016 was really the last straw for me. So um, I uh, in the fall of 2016, I very publicly resigned from being involved and I posted this uh, long post explaining what my political views were and how they were different from the Republican Party. And uh, you actually picked that up Mm -hmm. and put it on your blog. And um, 
in the process of that, I did, I was aware of the American Solidarity Party. I knew about their platform and I generally agreed with it, mm -hmm. um, but I had not really been involved with it at that time. But I mentioned that in the post. And so um, then a number of members of the National Committee at the time started contacting me and asking if I would like to get involved with the party and bring the uh, the political experience that I'd had over time and help them really build the party uh, into, you know, something that was more than just a discussion club on Facebook, which is kind of where it was mm -hmm. um, previous to 2016. Okay, cool. Yeah, and that's... That's uh, exactly. I think what needs to be done, you know, s small steps, uh, but at the same time, not just staying this little, you know, boutique discussion group, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so good for you. Good for you. Uh, so uh, let me ask you, it, the American Solidarity Party uh, started largely by Catholics. So is it based on Catholic social teaching? Well, not exactly. I would say that our platform is highly compatible with Catholic social teaching, mm -hmm. but we are a secular party. We do welcome members and have members of all faiths and no faith, um, as long as they affirm our four core principles. And those are the sanctity of human life, necessity of social justice, responsibility for the environment, and pursuit of a more peaceful world. Um, so you're, you're basically just communists. <laughs> well, you know, the, we, we definitely get labeled with SJWs, <laughs> but, you know, it's okay. <laughs> I, 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 I say that because uh, I was recently called a communist by somebody, and it was like... <laughs> I, you know, there's a there's a moment where I forget in one of the Spider-Man movies where somebody asks J. Jonah Jameson a question and he just like bursts out laughing in this giant <laughs> laugh. And that's yeah, that's what happens when I hear people throw that the idea that somebody's a communist around because of because of what? Um, I mean, nothing in the four pillars that you mentioned is anything contrary to our faith. No, definitely not. I think they're all very compatible with our faith, like I said. So, yeah. um, you know, and we have, uh, you know, this extensive platform, really, which we did a, a major rewrite of that last spring. Uh -huh. um, we polled all of the members on the existing platform that was adopted in 2016, asked them whether they agreed with different aspects of it, how important they were. We had an uh, elected uh, committee of 11 members that then went and worked on some revising of that. We then pulled the members again on the revisions and then pulled everything where we saw, you know, about 70 percent agreement among our members and then put that into the final form of the platform, which then they got to vote on. Um, at our convention in June of 2017. So um, it was just really highly collaborative process. Okay. And I, I was vice chair of the platform committee at the time. I was on the national committee, but I was not the chair of the national committee, but I, I was helping lead the charge on revising the platform. So I'm very proud of how that turned out, even though 
you know, most of it was written by other people because, like I said, we had 11 people right. um, who are working on this drafting and got all this input from members. So when you look at that, um, you know, the the result of that, um, because there are a lot of Catholics in the party, and that's partially because of you, Mark, because you've done a lot of promoting of it. Um, but you really you do see those values shine through. Right. As a result of the democratic process. Well, that's what you want, you know, and you want mm-hmm. uh, th- that's the I mean, what you're describing is democracy in action and, and um, uh, you know, fantastic as far as I'm concerned. I mean, this is, uh, you know, that's exactly what we're looking for. Um, so is there anything uh, the in the American Solidarity Party a platform that might give a Catholic concern? Well, I certainly don't think so, but, you know, I'll be honest, we do have our critics. Okay. And I'll, and I'll just say, you know, there's there's a movement out there that's not just in the U.S., it's not even just in Catholic circles, um, that is rejecting classical liberalism, um, which is, you know, the freedom that gives people, you know, can make decisions for themselves and how they order their lives including the freedom to be wrong, um, as long as it's not hurting anyone else. Right. And um, but people today are often so overwhelmed by so much information and disinformation, and they're looking for a sense of belonging in an increasingly digital world. And sadly, this is causing a rise in authoritarianism and tribalism. Right. And in Catholic circles, um, there are some who are embracing this sort of nostalgia about Christian Christendom and rejecting religious pluralism, right. uh, looking for a return to sort of throne and altar public policy, you know, and, and personally, I think that's silly because it's not going to happen in America. Um, you, you just can't get there from here. And there was never really that good in the first place. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think the history of integralism between church and government is very problematic. It's full of corruption. It's not really helpful to true faith in God because we don't when we don't have freedom, when we're sort of forced into um, following a certain set of religious precepts, um, that's not really encouraging us to have an authentic faith of our own. So um, that's not my my way of approaching things. And But there's organized groups out there that are. Um, you know, and a lot of times I kind of like to parade around with these uh, sort of made up heraldic emblems and things like that. And <laughs> they insist that they do. They <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I have a, uh, there's a there's a friend of mine uh, who has observed, I think, very astutely. Uh, you certainly see it on Facebook that uh, anybody, particularly any male uh, who's f- uh, Facebook or email uh, uh, imagery centers around uh, knights, crusaders, or paladins. Mm-hmm. It's just sure to be a kook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and there's this, yeah, there's this, you know, this dream that we can. Uh, I, I've met, you know, some of these guys. You know, that any day now the U.S. is going to become. We're going to finally abandon the American Revolution and and become a monarchy again. Right. <laughs> uh, that's not going to happen. But uh, nope. you know, people have this this bizarre dream that this is going to happen. And what often goes with that, yeah, is this 
this authoritarian this desire for you know the 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 anointed leader who is going to tell us what to think and do mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I, I just want to be careful about you know br- brushing uh, too broadly because um, my kids' Catholic school mascot is the Crusaders, mm, so my okay. own son walks around with the <laughs> Crusader imagery on okay. his e t shirt <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But, well, you know, yeah. don't make a thing of it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but that aside, I mean, you know, if you expect that U.S. law is going to um, implement everything in the Baltimore Catechism, um, you're, you're probably going to be disappointed uh, in, in the American Solidarity Par- Party right. platform not, not going that far, you know. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, it be, you know, we're for we're for solidarity. Um, and we're for freedom. We're for pluralism. Um, and again, we're a secular party that has a lot of Catholic members. We're not a Catholic party. Right. I think it's there's a couple of things that are important to define here because I'm not altogether convinced that people are uh, up on some of this terminology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was actually surprised that I mentioned in passing today to somebody uh, uh, that I, I, I was remarking that, uh, you know, when the Pope talks about sex, people on the left tend to say, you know, shut up, you old celibate, and just talk about things that you know, like religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when the Pope talks about money, <laughs> people on the right tend to say, shut up, you old socialist, and just talk about what you know. Uh, which is religion. And my point was that uh, Jesus talks about both sex and money a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it's part of the duty of the church to to discuss these things as well. And I had uh, I had a reader uh, who made what I thought was just kind of a sardonic, uh, you know, remark. Uh, you know, Jesus, Jesus talked about sex. And I thought she was speaking tongue in cheek. No, she it turned out she was really genuinely surprised to discover that Jesus had anything to say about sex. Mm. Uh, and, and so that reminded me once again that, you know, a, a lot of people for, uh, you know, uh, the, the, some of the basics of Catholic teaching are still news. And uh, so one of the things that I, I think it's important to talk about very briefly is what do we mean by phrases like throne and altar and especially integralist uh what are the, what are those are jargony terms that i think it's important for us to wrap our heads around and understand uh where the, what they are and how they relate to the actual teaching of the church uh especially as it's been expressed uh in uh uh, the documents of Vatican II. So what do you mean by throne and altar Catholicism? What do you mean by integralism? It's, it, it goes to what I uh, was mentioning, sort of this idea that you take the Baltimore Catechism and you enact it into law. It's this idea that um, you have a religious authority that overrides the democratic process that, mm-hmm. you know, we don't um, 
It may not completely eliminate the democratic process, though, in, you know, in some forms it, it does, where it basically just says, you know, the uh, ecclesial authority is the top authority, even for civil law. Um, okay. And so. So Kennedy um, should not, have, JFK should have taken his orders from the Pope. Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And, you know, um, as you m mentioned at the beginning, I'm not a professional Catholic, and so I'm not going to be able to um, okay. speak about the Vatican II documents as well as somebody who is. Um, but I am very aware that Vatican II did signal a strong shift in the Catholic Church to right. recognizing this concept. And, and there's different ways of interpreting it. Um, of the separation of church and state. Right. And it's not this idea of, you know, a wall that, you know, we shouldn't bring our faith into the public square. We should. We do not want a naked public square, as people right. say. Um, but at the same time, we need to recognize that many of our neighbors, most of our neighbors, um, do not share all the same religious convictions that we do. And, you know, we need, it's more about, um, at least from my perspective, is more about bringing the love of God into our interactions with our neighbors right. um, rather than bringing um, certain doctrinal commitments um, right. that are going to be imposed through civil law. If I may, a, a couple of things that I think are useful for understanding what the church is saying here. Twofold. First of all, the medieval church argued, and and uh, really see this being you know bandied back and forth for a good long time in the history of the church. Uh, the argument was that error has no rights, mm -hmm. and so you know uh, you could, you know, in the name of you know extirpating uh, error, that was the goal. Uh, you know, hand people over to the civil authority and have them tortured and all the rest of it. And, and this nobody is nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. And this is, you know, this was, uh, you know, a, a, a church that's coming out of antiquity where that was taken for granted. Mm -hmm. uh, if somebody poses a threat to the civil order, uh, then you know, uh, have at them. What the what the church, especially after the horrors of the 20th century, what the church finally got through its head uh, was that error has no rights, but persons in error do have rights. Mm. And, and I think that that's the real uh, development. And the church is not going to go back on that one. Uh and in many ways, uh, what integralism seems to me to be is a longing to return to those days mm -hmm. when we could use bloody force to make people conform. And mm -hmm. that's not going to happen. The, the church has really definitively uh, rejected that, mm -hmm. uh, but the, but I think that there is still a longing for uh, people with a kind of fantasy view of the church's past uh, to get to to have something like that. And what it really comes down to is a is a craving for power. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and so uh, you get that sort of thing. 
going on and uh, within the politics uh, of the United States, uh, particularly at this hour where there's a, a lot of people are struggling with this sense of uncertainty, you know, about where the world is going and what's going to happen and um, all that sort of thing. Uh, you get this d deep, and I would argue childish, mm -hmm. desire for some strong man mm -hmm. who's going to, mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's going to fix it all. Uh, and of course, you know, you and I both are you know, <laughs> recognize that this is exactly the claim that the leader of the Republican Party has made. Uh, you know, I alone can fix the United States. It's like, seriously, you know, <laughs> I mean, Mussolini talks this way. I mean, not an yeah. actual grown up, you know. But um, I, I do want to mention, um, since you're, you know, you're doing a great job of articulating this and, and where how the church has developed from the mid, Middle Ages and those sorts of things. Um, someone who's better, you know, at articulating it than I am is actually my blogging partner at Beyond All Telling, David Franks. He's actually been um, teaching a class on uh on Catholic pro-life social justice teachings and really focusing a lot on these questions of sort good. of what, what is good liberalism, right? You know, what, right. where does freedom come in and, and how does that interact with our faith and that sort of thing? So um, right. if people do visit our blog at Pathios, um, you can, if you click on the, uh, his bio is under um, confessions of a poetic pedagogue and uh, he's got links to, these online courses he's been giving. So anyway, cool. I highly recommend that. So he's actually not involved in the American Solidarity Party, but he uh, speaks very well on these issues. So good, good. I just wanted to put in a pitch there. <laughs> All right, fantastic. One of the other things that you mentioned, which I, it's right there in the name, uh, mm -hmm. and I think it's important for us to discuss as well, uh, is what the church means by solidarity. Mm. Uh, there are four pillars of Catholic social teaching. Um, so the first in our politics, by the way, tends to be divided in such a way that you, you can pick any two of those. But there are there are two particular pillars that each party tend to focus on. So the dignity of the human person, that's a big that's a really popular one uh, mm -hmm. on, the, on the right, because it underlies uh, the whole uh, abortion argument. So the dignity of the human person. Uh, but then we also speak about the common good. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not popular on the right. Uh, I've been told, I can't tell you how many times, uh, that common good, that's just socialism. Right? <laughs> and it's like, no, that's Catholic teaching. Um, mm -hmm. But we have, the right has been deeply infected, I think, with a kind of libertarian view of the world that says there is no common good. There's just me. And if I feel like being generous to you, that's fine. But uh, I have no debt to the common good. Uh, you know, I, I, I arrived by myself. I brought myself up by my bootstraps. And the common good is one of those things that lefties use to try to guilt self-made people into, uh, uh, you know, paying taxes. Well, taxation is theft. 
You know, you, you hear that kind of thing, right? And so, well, I, I don't understand how you can be a conservative Catholic who's into Thomism and not believe in the common good, because that comes right from Aquinas. Oh, of course it does, and it comes from Scripture. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, the reality is, and this is Benedict the Sixteen was point was pointing oh. this out. You know yeah. that uh, here's here's reality. You owe the human race. A debt so colossal that you could spend the rest of your life and you would never be able to repay it. You know that language that you speak? You didn't make that up. Somebody taught it to you. Somebody just handed you Shakespeare, Aristotle, the Bible, uh, uh, the, the, the Internet, uh, you know, an entire nation that's been here for 200 years that was here before you were born. Uh, all of that is... And so much more. Western civilization, the grace of God, it's all been handed to you mm-hmm. for free. And so don't tell me that you don't owe something to, to the common good because you owe an enormous debt to the common good. And that's part of what the, you know, when the, when the church speaks about the common good, one of the things it's reminding us uh, is that the whole tradition says that you can never pay God back for all that he's given you. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Well, what Jesus says is love your neighbor. In other words, pay it forward. Mm-hmm. How do you pay it forward? Well, it turns out that's what the entire business about the common good is. Uh, and so uh, uh, do you owe taxes? Yes, you absolutely owe taxes. They are not theft. Mm-hmm. They are how you help contribute to the common good. The, nobody maintains our highway system by going out on Saturday afternoons with a little de- band of dedicated people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Normandy was not invaded by guys in rowboats with their dad's rifle. Uh, <laughs> that's, you know, that's just not real. Uh, and right. so that's what we're talking about. When we're talking about the common good. And mm-hmm. then, the next thing that the the church speaks about is solidarity or is uh, mm-hmm. subsidiarity, and the idea behind mm-hmm. subsidiarity is that the person closest to the problem should take care of the problem if at all possible. So if there's a pothole in your library parking lot, then uh, you know somebody who works at the library fixes the pothole. And it's only when the library staff can't get it together because they're having fights about some dumb thing that you you don't then phone the White House and ask that the federal government send in the 101st Airborne to fix the pothole. You mm-hmm. talk to the city council and say, can you get this taken care of? You know, and so you, you go one level up and you and that's the, the point of subsidiarity is to keep us personally involved in helping with the renewal of the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's subsidiary. And the only time there's an exception to that, interestingly, is when it comes to the use of violence. That's when uh, the church urges us to go to the highest level possible uh, to authorize the use of violence rather mm-hmm. than say to the Hatfields and McCoys, you guys, you know, (laughs) shoot it out amongst yourselves, you know. And so that's subsidiarity. But then finally, uh, the last pillar of Catholic social teaching is, and this is uh, where we get our name from, 
solidarity, mm-hmm. the American Solidarity Party. And again, mm-hmm. solidarity tends to strike people on the right as a sinister word. Uh, somehow or other, it means socialism again, because uh, over and over again, what the right tends to hate and fear is the idea that I'm going to have to be involved with the rest of the human race. I mean, it's that it's compulsory on me to be involved with the rest of the human race, that I owe a debt. I want it all to be charity. I want it all to be just something that I want to do if I feel like doing, but the state can't say that I have to be part of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And solidarity says uh, that it is not possible for us to say uh, to the rest of the human race, your end of the Titanic is sinking. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we're all in it together. We're in this together. So uh, with those, that terminology clarified, Mm -hmm. uh, you were mentioning earlier this this movement uh, among some Catholics toward authoritarianism and toward integralism. Mm-hmm. And so do these do these Catholic integralists have their own political party? You know, not that I'm aware of. And what I am concerned about, actually, is that some of them are trying to stage a takeover of the American Solidarity Party. Um, And, you know, the thing is, from the polling that we did last year when we were rewriting the platform, it's clear to me that's not a majority view in the party. It's very it's a, you know, fairly small minority view. Mm -hmm. Um, But they uh, this sort of faction is formed around this that's very well organized and um, they've been creating their own Facebook group that uses our party name that is not actually under any kind of authority of the party um, and they have created this separate organization um, called uh, it's currently called Amajo de Politics and um, and they're the whole goal of these this sort of group is to quote unquote take back the party and reshape it as this sort of Christian sectarian and integralist party. Um, and you know, from my perspective, I'm not sure why they're saying it's taking it back because that's not where our members showed that they were from the polling last year. But um, they are definitely. Um, trying to get people signed up to participate in the convention that we are having online okay. on June 22nd through 24th. This is, um, the, this is the Alt American Solidarity Party. Yes, <laughs> it's the Alt ASP. Okay. Um, I mean, they they were even promoting at at one point this uh, campaign of this 18 year old guy who's um, involved in this counter revolution group, one of the ones that parades around with the heraldic flags and stuff like that and um, is sort of borderline fascism and and definitely advocating for monarchism and all this kind of stuff. And um, so, uh, you know, and I I really can't think of, you know, he's he's been on Rebel Yell and, you know, sort of promoting white supremacy and things like that. And I cannot think of anything that's further from the concept of solidarity than You know, white and white supremacy. supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's it's interesting. Um, so well, anyway. you know, this is you know, uh, who is it? Um, 
uh, James Joyce, uh, you know, once remarked that the Catholic Church is here comes everybody. The internet, mm-hmm. it, the internet is here comes everybody without the Holy Spirit. And so it's just any kook with a keyboard can get online and talk about, you know, white supremacy and, uh, you know, all of this nuttiness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. So anyway, um, I do want to encourage people um, who want to keep the solidarity and the solidarity party to uh, to uh, join to register basically for our convention. So right. to be a voting member of the American Solidarity Party, um, you do have to contribute uh, either uh, time or treasure. And most people that's treasure, but it's only um, $10 a year is the minimum um, contribution to be a, a voting member. Oh, so no, that's, that's two Starbucks. I don't, <laughs> wow that's a sacrifice i uh... i get up <laughs> but anyway it's pretty easy to see you don't you actually do not need to change your voter registration um so we recognize people still want to be able to influence the major parties as well they may want to uh, vote in a republican or democratic primary and that sort of thing so it's okay if you keep your voter registration with another party okay. um when you and sign up but you go to our, our website is uh, solidarity-party.org and uh, you click on the red donate button and uh, you can sign up and if you do that um, you'll get some emails with instructions about how um, you can, can participate in this convention that's coming up uh, right. like i said online in, in june 22nd through 24th cool yeah so uh yeah, just uh, you know, keep keep the American Solidarity Party uh, actually uh, teaching what uh, the church teaches, and not this kooky Christian identity, white supremacy, weirdness that um, that a, a small minority mm-hmm. um, are trying to press on. Um, I, I, I mentioned uh, in the past, people have asked me, what do I what do I mean by uh, the distinct I make a distinction between Christians and Christianists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christianism, uh, I think, is fairly easily defined. Christ- Christianism is the attempt to use the imagery and jargon uh, of of Christianity, uh, both in its Protestant and Catholic manifestations, uh, as a, a sort of fig leaf for a theopolitical cult that basically centers around uh, Donald Trump and the agenda of the party of Trump. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and so uh, just as an example, uh, you can, you can, this is like clockwork. It happens every time now uh, and it's become predictable. Uh, So there's a, there's a school shooting. A bunch of people are dead. Uh, A, for a Christian, especially, you know, somebody who is serious about being pro-life, the first and only question that you ask is, what can we do mm-hmm. to end this? What can we do to reduce? You know, it's obvious that we're never going to eliminate mm-hmm. uh, uh, people getting shot in the United States. But what can we do? to uh, uh, reduce this problem? What, what, what are some steps that we can take? That is a sane question that any pro-life person asks. Uh, what a Christianist always 
responds with is first, uh, shut up, don't touch my gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, nobody should be discussing this out of respect for the victims. Mm-hmm. Third, the moment a victim opens his or her mouth, the response is, that person is a liar. That person is a crisis actor. That person is part of a hoax, part of a conspiracy. Uh, and then, fourth and last, the only thing that is said after that is, we need more guns. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, this is the normative response, unfortunately, of uh, of uh, millions of people who self-identify uh, as pro-life in the United mm-hmm. States. What's the American Solidarity Party's position uh, on things like gun control? Well, it's interesting. We actually don't mention it in our platform currently. Um, okay. And honestly, that was just an oversight. So, you know, we had started with the 2016 platform and been polling people about the positions and the 2016 platform did not mention it. And so we basically just forgot to add a completely okay. new topic okay. into the into the surface. So, All the problems of a startup, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've got, I don't know, 300 bullet points or something on uh, on our platform. It's so quite long and extensive. So, okay. <laughs> you know, so anyway, um, it, it's not uh, mentioned specifically in the platform, but, you know, like you say, this keeps coming up. And right. so, and being a consistently pro-life party, um, we, uh, and you know, we support the Constitution, but the thing is that, you know, a lot can be done in terms of sensible regulations right. that does not violate the Second Amendment. I mean, you know, the, the Supreme Court's been clear that, you know, there's a lot of room for regulation there in terms of who can own and who can sell guns and, you know, limiting high capacity types of weapons and things like that. And, you know, <clears throat> we can look at there's a, a, you know most of the people perpetrating these kinds of mass killings have some sort of history of animal cruelty or domestic violence you know and so there's a lot of things that we could be doing to reduce uh the incident of of gun violence in this country yeah. without totally confiscating guns and mm-hmm. so um, we're not advocating for repealing the second amendment but rather working within the constitutional system we have and enacting common sense regulations that will help save lives. So um, we've put out a number of statements the National Committee has um, on, you know, sensible gun regulation. And we are um, potentially maybe going to put an addition to the the platform that was overlooked last year on the um, agenda for the convention to see if our, our members want to vote to add in uh, a point or two about gun control to the platform. Okay. Uh, another example. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we've been watching, and this by no means began with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have, it's one of the little dirty secrets of the Obama administration was that the Obama administration was uh, uh one of the most efficient deportation machines in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the Democrats didn't mention it because we cannot 
we cannot speak ill of the leader. Republicans didn't mention it because we cannot praise Obama. <laughs> Uh, even though they loved his policy of, of deportation. But now that uh, Trump is president, uh, this has really gone into overdrive. And so we're seeing mm -hmm. for it. We saw just the other day uh, this Albanian woman. She's been trying to become a citizen uh, since 2000. She has four little children or three little children. Uh, and I just grabbed her and, and deported her the other day. Uh, their parent, her, her children didn't even get a chance to say goodbye. Her husband, they just, you know, shipped her off. Um, I cannot, as a Catholic, look at that with anything other than revulsion. Mm -hmm. uh, tearing families apart because, well, paperwork, sacred, precious paperwork, mm -hmm. uh, I think is vile. And, uh, you know, I, as a Catholic, I look at this and I say, look, the law is made for man, not man for the law. Mm -hmm. uh, and to tear apart families like this uh, is obscene. Uh, the idea of DACA kids who cannot, there is no path to citizenship for, mm -hmm. for DACA kids. That's why DACA was instituted was because you've got these innocent kids who were mm -hmm. brought here as little children. It's the only country they've ever known. They are Americans in body, soul, and spirit. Some of them can't even speak the language of the country that they were brought from. And uh, to take those kids and hold them hostage mm -hmm. uh, and say, yeah, we're going to deport you, uh, I, I think is a, is a crime against God and man. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, what what does the American Solidarity Party have to say uh, about this? I would say our platform is very pro-immigrant. Um, we talk about the importance of creating pathways to citizenship um, for immigrants who are unauthorized because of these reasons, because of paperwork problems, because of, you know, their parents were the ones who made the decisions. I mean, basically, there, there's so many different ways that people end up in a bind on our immigration system, and we need to create a pathway to citizenship. Um, of course, you know, you want to do background checks, you want to make sure they don't have a criminal history, and you deal with that differently. But um, right. there's so many people where, you know, their quote unquote criminal history is driving without a license. Well, they can't get a license because they're not documented. It doesn't right. mean, you know, right. and then if they don't, if they don't drive, they can't get to work, you know? And so it's, it's this catch 22 that, right. that we put people into. Um, and so, you know, to call them, you know, having a criminal record is just ridiculous because it's, it's, we're creating the quote unquote crime. So, right. um, you know, and then, I will say, you know, one of our um, very involved members um, who lives near me, I've gotten to know well, and she worked a lot on the, the platform on this and is running for one of the national committee seats this year, um, is an immigration attorney. And I've learned so much from her about Fantastic. all of the um, problems in that. And so... Um, and one of the things also that we highlight in our platform, you know, partially because of her experience with this, is this whole issue of these private for-profit immigrant detention centers. And there's actually people who are making money off of detaining immigrants. 
um, who have done nothing wrong, um, you know, except missed a, you know, a piece of mail, you know, 10 years ago or something that they didn't respond to because they never saw it. And then they get picked up and they get put for months in these detainment centers where the owners of them get paid money. I mean, it's it's the new slavery. It's it's really egregious that this is happening in America. And, you know, we specifically oppose um, these for-profit detainment centers in our platform. Yeah. Uh, well, and of course, we're now seeing it is because it has been enacted as policy by this administration to target uh, families with toddlers and rip these little kids away from their parents, mm-hmm. stick them in what is effectively some de- concentration camp detention center somewhere. Mm-hmm. We've lost 1,500 of these kids. They're, we don't know where they are. Uh, they're just gone. And uh, it's just, it's, it is obscene. It is absolutely criminal, you know, and I, I listen to, you know, uh, this, this is, again, this is the essence, I think, of Christianism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, th- the gospel absolutely insists on the integrity of, of the family and, uh, you know, of parents and children's rights to be together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, you know, we watched people, you know, uh, many of the people who are most enthusiastic about this were pretending to care uh, about Alfie Evans and his parents, uh, you know, parental rights. But, you know, when it's when it's some brown kids at the border, mm-hmm. ah, too bad. You know, they sh- they should have thought of that before they came here. Well, why did they come here? They came here because they're escaping death in many cases. Uh, in their homelands and to tear a child away from his parents like that is uh, it's just it's appalling so let me ask you mm-hmm. uh, we got two parties why, <laughs> why put all this work into a third party why not just go back and you know change change the GOP or, or change the Democratic Party. Well, why are you doing this? Yeah, well, I tried to change the GOP for years, and I realized it was just moving further and further away from the direction it should be going. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just did not see the opportunity to, to change that. Um, same thing, the Democratic Party, um, you know, uh, they say about a third of Democrats are pro-life. And yeah. yet, you know, in terms of elected officials, you know, it's their dinosaurs. And, and the, uh, you know, the, the DNC has really made it clear that pro-life people are not welcome in the Democratic Party. Yeah. Um, and, you know, ultimately, I think both of the major parties are really controlled by their corporate donors. Um, yeah. Yep. And so they're not listening to the voters. <laughs> See, not... That is the genius of the American Solidarity Party is we're dirt poor. <laughs> <laughs> but Nobody... you know who else was dirt poor? The apostles. <laughs> well, and there you are. Uh, there you are. That's you know. true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we are a true grassroots party. We do not have you know, 
these big corporate donors. We don't have bundlers. We don't have, you know, lobbyists who are telling us what we need to do, even though I'm a former lobbyist myself. I'm, I got the tattoo removed several years ago. Okay. Um, but <laughs> That's good. The, yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, we're able to be independent and to really, uh, you know, listen to our members and to, um, you know, focus on these issues we talk about. I mean, like I said, you mentioned the, the four Catholic, uh, pillars of Catholic social teaching. Um, all of that is incorporated in some way or another, not necessarily with that kind of jargon into our platform, but those right. ideas are there. Right. Um, you know, our, our slogan is common good, common ground, common sense. And, you know, we're able to sort of work from these principles and take a principled stand on things. And, um, you know, we, you know, some people look at this as um, they just want to vote with a clean conscience. Yeah, um, they want they want to have <laughs> yes. a, a candidate, you know, who you know, perfectly reflects their views and uh, they don't have to feel bad about, you know, something that the candidate supports. They don't support. Um, I think bigger than that. And um, I think we, we really need to change the political conversation in this country. Um, yeah. We need to bring every policy discussion back to this question of universal human dignity. Yes. Over and over again, um, yeah. as well as environmental responsibility. Don't want to forget about that. You know, as Pope yeah. Francis reminds us too. But um, you know, the and that's part of human dignity, right? We're put in charge of uh, the the world that we live in and taking right. care of it you know, yeah. for future generations. So, um, but you know, we I I really see the American Solidarity Party as being the opportunity to be a coalition of voters that can speak the truth to power. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we can represent people who are both against abortion and for universal health care. Yes. And we represent people who are for religious freedom and for non-discrimination, you know. Yes. And so yeah. putting these things all together and, um, you know, and, and also the idea, you know, the economy should serve man, not man the economy. Right. Um, all of these big ideas that neither of the major parties are promoting. And, you know, we are such a closely divided electorate. And because of that, sort of the, the median voter, the swing voter actually has a lot of power. Um, and so I see, you know, our collection of beliefs is actually sort of very much occupying sort of the center of the spectrum of different political views, um, even though we're disenfranchised because sort of the, the Republicans and Democrats have sort of moved out to the fringes in a lot of ways. Right. Um, and so, you know, if we can speak together with a unified voice for the common good, for this common ground um, and common sense, I, you know, I think that we have a really good opportunity to kind of push and pull the center of gravity of, of politics um, for the common good, if we can speak together yeah. with this common voice. Yeah, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I have I've been in, trying to impress <laughs> on, uh, especially the pro-life movement, uh, is that you know Jesus says, uh, "Agree with your opponent while you're on the way with him." Mm -hmm. um, there was a huge amount 
One of the things that uh, gets overlooked uh, so often is that, you know, in the United States, roughly 20% of people uh, want abortion on demand without apology. Uh, another 20% wants the repeal of Roe versus Wade in the, in the outlawing of abortion. And the middle 60% or so does not like abortion, would rather not ever have to talk about it ever again, and also is absolutely <laughs> does not want to be that person who has to tell some desperate 17 year old that she can't have an abortion uh and that's that's the reality of american politics mm -hmm. uh both parties are aware of that and so both parties exploit that and so at any p point uh in our national conversation it is always the case uh that one party can say 80 percent of americans don't like abortion and another party can say 80% of Americans do not want to outlaw abortion. Mm -hmm. And they're both absolutely right. Uh, and so much of our national conversation centers around that. Uh, and we foolishly, uh, as conservative Catholics, have crazily decided that in order to oppose abortion, we must also... Uh, opposed universal health care because Democrats want that. And, and we, and, you know, gun, gun control, we can't have that. Democrats want that. And so much of what we could, we can, we could simply agree with our opponents on so many issues. This is part of the genius, I think, of what the Solidarity Party is doing, uh, is that it's saying, yeah. You know, universal health care, yeah, that's reasonable. You know, not deporting DACA kids, of course, that's sane. You know, and then, you know, when you've agreed with your opponent, then you could say, why are we killing children? Why are we killing unborn children? Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> we don't have to do that. Uh, we could find some other way. Mm -hmm. to for these children to be born, to find some home. Why do we make it pre prohibitively, insanely expensive to adopt? Right. You know. Or, you know, the U.S. has some of the worst policies in the world for parental leave. You know, it, it's it's extremely expensive to have a baby, both to go to the hospital right. and, then, and then to have care for the child or take off time from work um, right. for that, you know, say first few months or first year, you know, that most of the rest of the world gives parents paid leave. Um, right. And so, you know, these are definitely policies that I think that we can agree on with people who may not agree with us. I mean, we do support a personhood amendment where we, we are for prohibiting abortion, though not sure. with criminal, no criminal remedies, but, you know, of course. Um, but it's, you know, that is sort of the, the big idea that, you know, we hope to someday get there. But in the meantime, what actually saves lives today is, you know, having universal health care. So, you know, it doesn't cost $10,000 to have your baby just for a normal pregnancy, you know, and and having this paid leave and, and having a social safety net and all those sorts right. of things are what 
enable women to make the choice to keep their children. Sure. And, you know, don't... As Catholics, one of the things one of the things that has continually struck me has been the the weird schizophrenia of of the conservative Catholic message to poor women. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so we say to every you know poor Latino uh, woman, uh, you must not practice artificial con- contraception on pain of mortal sin. And then we say, as I watched in an article today, uh, you know, by John, John Zmirak, uh, who purports to, <laughs> to support Catholic social teaching. And yet his message in this article was, uh, if you, uh, need food stamps, you're a parasite. Uh, and it's like, so the message is, don't practice artificial contraception, and we will, we absolutely will punish you for listening to us right now. That's crazy. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I'm I'm looking at our our platform right now, and we say right up front, our right to life. We say we believe that this human dignity is unconditional and it is never reduced by factors such as usefulness or wantedness. Yeah. You know, and that everyone has a right to, you know, basic human needs, like food and healthcare and all those sorts of things. And, you know, I, I think it goes back to what you were talking about towards the beginning of this conversation, which is that we all are privileged to receive everything we have from society. And some of us have received a lot more privilege than others. And I don't think of privilege as a dirty word. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's just a way of recognizing I do owe something back to society and and sort of the better position that I'm in um, because whether it's because I, you know, sort of inherited a good position from my parents. It could be that I got a good education. It could be I'm just innately have higher intelligence, better health, all these kinds of things. These are all gifts from God that we can't take credit for. Right. And so when we have these privileges that allow us to be successful in the worldly way and other people have not been given that, that is an opportunity for us to recognize right. um, that we need to give back um, yeah. and, and to share what, you know, what we've been privileged with with people who have less. And so um, that's just so important to keep, to remember that. And, and, uh, and to remember that that's an aspect of justice and not something that should be, uh, you know, completely left up to voluntary charity because voluntary charity is never going to address structures of injustice. Like, you know, we saw the Supreme court decision yesterday that basically takes away the right of employees to band together to address grievances with their employers. Right. This is um, a fundamental right, according to Catholic social teaching. Yeah. And, and you know, that's there, there's really no, you know, workers' rights are, are just whittled down to basically nothing at this point in the United States. And so, yeah. um, and, you know, we, we don't have uh, universal health care and all these sorts of things, um, you know, that, make it really difficult for um, people to flourish and we need to address that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, well, as we all know, there has never, ever, ever in the history of the whole United States ever been a third party before that was successful. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always like to remind people that the Republican Party, the party of Lincoln, did arise as a third party. Um, and oh, well, okay, there was that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you know, we used to have the Whigs. And, um, you know, the problem was that um, the two major parties in um, sort of the early to mid-1800s we're not addressing the big human dignity issue of that day, which was slavery. Right. And, um, you know, because of that, the Republican Party arose as a third party originally um, that took a stand uh, on the elimination of slavery. And so then, you know, as we all know, they eventually they elected Lincoln as their first president um, and then. You know, he was pretty good. I've heard of him. He was, he was pretty good. Yep. <laughs> and, and, you know, they and then they became one of the two major parties and the Whigs just sort of died off. But, right. um, you know, it's happened before. Uh, it does take a, a very special set of circumstances. But, you know, I think we're at kind of a similar place today where the two major parties are just fundamentally failing to address um, human dignity failing to address what the electorate wants and needs. And there's a, there's an opening um, for a new paradigm, I think. So what can people do to help the ASP, American Solidarity mm -hmm. Party? Uh, how can we make this party go viral? How can we, I mean, it's going to need work. It's going to need yep. words. And it's, it is going to need money, of course. Mm -hmm. Yep. So uh, what can people do? Well, uh, like I said, you can come sign up and become a uh, voting member and a contributing member to the party on our website, okay. solidarity-party.org. Okay. Um, and so that's a nice place to start. Like I said, um, voting membership starts at $10 a year, but we would love to be getting more than that. Um, and you know, having that money so that we can start to hire professional marketing people and um, providing more assistance for uh, candidates to get on the ballot. You know, there are a lot of times there's filing fees and all these sorts of things. And so, um, it, you know, the money's important. The okay. other thing that's really important, too, is just sharing the word. So go to Facebook, um, look up our public page, the American Solidarity Party public Facebook page like that and follow the posts that we put up. We do a lot of um, addressing current issues of the day. Like today we put up a post about that Supreme court decision and uh -huh. um, our support for workers rights. Um, and you can share that with your friends on your Facebook page. Um, a, you know, really taking it to the next level. That's going to be very important is, you know, building the party at the at the true grassroots level. Okay. Um, and so I have a lot of experience in in retail politics with the Republicans in the past. And you know, you you just you got to throw meet and greets, you know, in your local community, whether it's in your house or a local bar or something like that, right? And maybe bring in a speaker or something like that. Okay. Um, and you know, just get people to come and interact and, and find out what this is about and encourage them to sign up and share the idea with their friends. 
and just really grow organically from that sort of thing. So, Great. Um, you know, and and uh, we, we just keep growing it from there. Cool. And one of the nice things that I appreciate about the American Solidarity Party is they're not crazy. So they're not imagining 2020. We're <laughs> We will have a presidential candidate. Uh, well, I think we'll have a candidate. I, uh, I don't think we will have a winning president. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, suppose the, they'll be winning the White House in right. 2020. But uh, you, you start small. Well, the goal is to get the message out. But you do start small. You start with local politics. Yep. You know, so yeah, get get people on your city council right. and your school board and all those sorts of things, which right. goes back to what you mentioned about subsidiarity, right? You start at the local level, start you start small. small. Yep. 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 Because that's really where it's at. Uh, mm-hmm. Is uh, you, you know the the purpose of uh, uh, our system of government is to allow people to really have a say at the local level. And one of the things, by the way, that's really important to remember. Uh, is that uh, in a national election, uh, your vote is not going to change the outcome of a national mm-hmm. election. It's just not. Uh, the main thing that your vote is going to do is it's going to change you. Uh, and we've seen now the results of 35 years of you know uh, pro-life Christians compromising uh, in order to win a national election has been it's. The result is Donald Trump. Uh, but in a in a local election, you really can spell the difference between uh, outcomes. You can really make a huge difference mm-hmm. because in your local community, very often it's going to be a small group of very committed people who are going to be bothering to vote. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I actually live in Virginia, and this, I think, made some national news where there was a House delegates race that was literally tied Mm. and they had to pull a name out of a hat basically to decide who won that house of delegates race. Right. And that also determined the balance of power in the house of delegates because it was, it was that close. So um, yeah, one vote can make a lot bigger difference than you might think, but Yeah. yeah. So these, these local elections are a great opportunity um, for us to uh, to find, you know, I mean, this is really important. If if you are engaged in your local uh, in your community, we love to know and love to talk with you about supporting you for running for school board or city council or all these kinds of local elections. Yeah. Um, and, and try and help you out with that and, and hopefully do that um, as an American Solidarity Party candidate. Um, you know, ballot access rules can be pretty prohibitive. So sometimes our candidates run as independents um, and then we endorse them as American Solidarity Party endorsed, even though it's not necessarily listed on the ballot. Um, but, you know, we want to be working with people to identify these candidates and help you run. So um, that's really important. And yeah. Cool. So. Uh, once again, just just as a reminder, if you're looking to find out about the American Solidarity Party, go to Solidarity, S-O-L-I-D-A-R-I-T-Y, hyphen, party, dot O-R-G. Mm-hmm. Uh, go there, sign up, click on the red donate button. Remember, it's not tax deductible. This is politics. Yep. Uh, and... Uh, 
be there to you know register first of all you got to register by june mm -hmm. 15th and then uh join the online convention uh that's going to be held from june 22nd to the 24th and um help move this forward uh this is this is important stuff we are living in perilous times uh mm -hmm. and our faith tells us that we are in Romans 13, our faith tells us that we are to be obedient to Caesar. Now, in Paul's day, Caesar was Nero, and you didn't have any choices at all about what Caesar did. But we live in a country where Caesar looks at us and says, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. Tell me. So we have an obligation as Catholics to obey Caesar and to participate in our constitutional order. Mm -hmm. So uh, don't blow this chance uh, uh, because uh, we're living in a time where uh, I fear that our children will look back at us and say, what were you doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, I want to thank you, Lillian Vogel, for being on Connecting the Dots today. You've been listening to... Uh, connecting the Dots, and uh, me, your host, Mark Shea, and we will be back again uh, at a future point to talk about life, the universe, and everything yet again. Until then, have a good time, and obey Thanks, the Lord. Thank you. Bye-bye. Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We want to help others, especially in places of strife, such as the Holy Land, where Christianity is dwindling by the day. But how to help? Here's an easy way. Buying products through the Holy Land gift shop. Every product you purchase at myfranciscan.org shop helps Christians support their families and stay in the Holy Land. Olive wood, embroidery, spices, and many more authentic products from the Holy Land are available right now at myfranciscan.org shop. The Holy Land Gift Shop, bringing the Holy Land home. Thank you for listening to Breadbox Media. Find more about us at breadboxmedia.com.